Wine Makes Conversation with Honky Tonk Wine Library. Hello and welcome to Wine Makes Conversation, the very first podcast from Honky Tonk Wine Library, where we discuss a wide range of topics fueled by great studio guests, you guys, <laughs> and of course, great wine. Our panel are all wine enthusiasts. In fact, the more they drink, the more enthusiastic they get. We hope to prove to you that the art of great conversation is still alive and well, even if it does need a glass or two to shimmy things along a bit. In addition to talking about our studio guests' passions, business, life tips and much, much more, we'll also talk plenty about wine from grape to glug. Fitz just gave me his first tip actually before coming into the studio today, which is when you open a bottle of wine, you need to let it breathe. <laughs> and if it's not breathing, give it mouth to mouth. <laughs> now, just to warn you, they don't do not get any better this evening. Um, and by the way, don't forget to subscribe to this channel using your favourite podcast app and let us know your questions and comments. If there's anything you want to know about wine, then please do get in touch. This being our very first podcast We've decided to title it The Beginning, the theme being entrepreneurship and venturing out into the world of business. So let's find out who we have in the studio. We have from Honky Tonk Wine Library, Fitz Spencer. Hi, hi. Good evening, good evening. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm 55 years young, northern lad, born in Manchester, parents who originated from Jamaica. What's a Jamaican-descented black lad doing in the wine industry? Well, I started off in catering. One wanted to be an actor first. Ah. So I they stretched up them days and got my guts in and started doing a little bit of acting and through drama school, which I was terrible. So I decided to start in peeling spuds for a living and became a chef. And that becoming a chef got me into the world of catering, taking me up and down the UK and some time abroad as well. Loved it. However, as you get on in life and as you grow in life, you come from being cider, lager, and onto that amber nectar, that Greek god of wines. You go onto the grapes. And for me, it's been a pleasure since 1996 when I first got my job as a salesman for a wine company, which I totally loved. I've got two boys from my previous marriage, and I've been in Devon for, I think I came down in 89. So I've been down this way for a long time. You know what they do say, life is what Jamaica. (laughs) (laughs) And Fitz, who is this lovely lady sat beside you? Now, this is my beautiful wife-to-be, September. I met this beautiful lady online, and we'll probably go into a story about that later (laughs) on, but it's Zoe Brody. It's Thank amazing you. what you can get on eBay, Thank isn't you. it? Hi, yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh, cheeky. So Zoe Brody, yeah, sorry. You, you can swear, that's okay. Our producers have access to bleeping machines. Whoa, nice. <laughs> I use it every day. <laughs> Tell us about your background then. Where did you come from? I came from another town that begins with P. Mm-hmm. Portsmouth. Oh, boo, hiss. I am that girl next door, little house on the prairie, just wants 2.4 kids, white picket fence. Nice, quiet life. Until I met Fitz. <laughs> okay. And everything went topsy-turvy from Everything there. went topsy-turvy. We met online. At the time, I had my 12-year-old had got my Plenty of Fish app and was swiping through saying, no, psycho, no, weirdo, no. Ooh, I like him. And it happened to be Fitz. And I'd happened already to arrange a date. And that was six years ago. I'd never been in business before. Drank wine. Not mm-hmm. a lot. But I did used to drink it. Know nothing about it. Still don't know a lot about it. But I know what I like. I think so that's a I'm, pretty good tip. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's a lot of people that come into Honky Tonk. 
that they get really nervous when you say, would you like a taste of wine? They're, oh, I don't know nothing about it. I said, but you know what you like mm. and you know what you don't like. For me, if you want more detail about the wine, I go and get the wine man. That's bits. Yeah. <laughs> and um, with us as well, we have another studio guest who just happened to be passing and asked if she could park her car for the evening in the car park and then got grabbed and sat down here. <laughs> Lindsay Brown, introduce yourself to us. That's actually a lie. I was invited here for a glass of wine and I suddenly have microphone and headphones. I'll go with it. No, my name's Lindsay and I run a company called Access for Loft. It's basically installing loft ladders, boarding, lighting, insulation. So people can use their beautiful lofts for storage and it's probably about as far away from wine as you can get. But you love drinking it. And I am ambidextrous when it comes to wine. <laughs> I will drink red or white. So, does that, uh, or does that mean you can have one in each hand? <laughs> well, yes, yeah. that, that has been said. Um, so Fitz, I, I know that Lindsay's been down to the wine library, the wine bar, whatever people like to refer to it as. She's certainly one of your fans. Do you have a name for your fan, you, I assume we don't call them honkers. That's what we do. Where do you? you? Actually, honky we, we call them honky tonkers, but we oh. also said when people's the first time they come into our place and it's their first time, we used to call them honky tonk virgins. And that seems to break the ice a little bit. As yeah. Well, so yeah, we don't have, have any down to us. Don't have any honky tonk virgins here, that's for sure. <laughs> but before we go any further, I think it's about time we introduced you to our very special guests. And that just happens to be the two bottles of wine <laughs> yes. that are sat in the studio and looking at us saying, please drink me. Fitz, what have you very kindly brought for us? What I have got, English wines, especially English sparkling wines, have come so far. We're winning all kinds of competitions worldwide. And what we are finding is that we have to pick something local, something great. And what we've gone here, this is a traditional method. And believe it or not, when I tell people where it's from, they're a little bit shocked. Those who know the A38, it's at Honiton, a place called Dalwood. It's Dalwood Wines. This is a Savant Blanc at stroke Pinot Noir. So it's a traditional method. This is an exceptional English wine. What do you mean by traditional method? There's a way of making, when you think of sparkling wines, when it's made to traditional methods, it's the same region of champagne method. So they'll actually make sure that wine is matured properly yeah. rather than making the wine and filling it up with CO2 or making it a Prosecco way as well. So there's a couple of different ways of actually producing where it would be champagne. And you can only call it champagne for those you know for if it's from Champignon. And that's why when you say traditional method, it can be from anywhere, but it's just as good, if not better, than some of the champagnes that are coming out on the market as well. This particular wine here we took on and we did it through a blind tasting, like we do when we pick our wines. And the still, it came right at the top of our blind tasting with our wine committee. And this is probably our second best-selling sparkling wine that we have on our list. And to me, it just shows how far we've come within this type of market. Whether people say, I know it's got controversial again, it's climate change or whatever, but the UK is really producing some fantastic wine. So I want to open this and let's Ooh. taste it. Are we going to let him open it? Oh, yeah. And whilst Fitz gets his grips around the girth <laughs> of that bottle of sparkling English wine, I'm going to ask you the question, how did Honky Tonk come about? I didn't want the same or was... Something wine bar or Fred's wine bar or wine bar, there's something. Well, your or... name's not Fred. That wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but when you look at some of the generic names that we needed something way off the beaten track. So one, people will remember us. Two, but will confuse people as well. So when you get a little bit of confusion, you get a little bit of mystery about I did this, I did that. But once you put that little bit on the end, honky tonk, mm -hmm. honky tonk wine library, that came from Zoe. Why wine library? Like I said, we didn't want to be the bar. We yes. sat in a vegan restaurant, actually in Exeter, just spent two hours scrolling through all the names that we could find on GoDaddy to do with wine. Yes. That were very generic and very, very boring. 
honky tonk sprang out and I just saw that and I thought well actually if that's grabbed my attention that's going to grab other people's attention we didn't want to be a bar we didn't actually know what we were to be fair we were a deli a shop a bar and hence that's where the wine library came from because the wine library when you're coming along hopefully you're getting a bit of education as well yeah with fits so that's where the library bit came in yes not that you're going to be sitting there reading books. I was just going to say it doesn't <clears> also <throat> mean that you can only borrow the wine for a couple of nights and you can take it back <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're like. never going to get that no. No. no no gone are the days when you take the bottle back and you get 10p was it 10p <laughs> studio audience 5p, 5p. would I guess like a lovely oh. drop of this this just goes Let's to prove it. the generosity and hospitality of the honky tonk team even those people who are basically hangers on <laughs> sat in the corner of the studio here are getting a sample of this English sparkling wine so you you two came from very different backgrounds, something that wasn't associated with wine whatsoever. You weren't working in the wine industry, Absolutely were you, Zoe? no, nothing to do with business. We were in Budapest in a bar there and Fitz was like, this Are you kidding is me? Co- that happens to uh-huh. be one of our favourite places on the there. planet. Yeah. Uh, really yeah. 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 I just love the concept and because it was different, it was quirky, different rooms, different styles, I just loved how they ran. Fair enough, it was a huge place. Different feedbacks and what you got from there but we just wanted something and especially where we've picked where Honky Tonk is off the beaten track so we had to give something different. We looked for four years. We knew once we found the spot it would be the right one but we were in no rush because we wanted it to find us and I'm hoping that it has. Finding a special concept to launch your mm. business is quite a difficult thing to do, isn't it? I'm going to mm. I'm going to bring Lindsay in here because you're in an industry that is totally different to entertainment, wine. Tell us a bit more about your business and, and what made you do it and come up with the concept. Ours kind of came from a need, really. Man, everybody needs wine. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we actually needed to put a loft ladder in, and there wasn't anybody locally that could do it for us. So Tim turned his hand to that himself, mm-hmm. and. That really grew. That was the idea for the business at the beginning. There he is, yeah. And once we'd been running that for some time, we realised that actually everything we'd done, all the processes and the hard work we put into place, we could replicate that around the country. So that's when we decided to franchise it. Were you sitting in a bar in Budapest when you decided? (laughs) (laughs) Close. So it really did come out of conversations and was a bottle of wine that we sat around and chose our name. And that's how it... What made you make that step? Right, I've had enough of employment. What triggered you to say, right, that's it, we're doing it on our own? We were living in London. We'd done the whole corporate thing for so long and we were exhausted by it, if I'm honest. And I was from Plymouth originally, so we decided to move back down to Devon. But unfortunately, Tim couldn't get a job down here straight away, so he stayed working in I London. I wouldn't employ so. me there. <laughs> <laughs> so we spent a long time apart, and we had a young daughter then as well. So it was really difficult, and we were just desperate to find something that we could do and run together. And this idea came to us, and it grew from there. But it is hard work, isn't it, when it you is. first start out on your own? Well, that's the good thing about, about being in a, not the public eye as such, but having a place where we meet so many diverse of different people and talking to them and seeing what their challenges were when they went into business or move this. And we get so much inspiration when we sit and talk to people like yourself who's been going in business longer than us because you do have your scary moments when you, you first do. start. Yeah. And it's nice if somebody had someone just to hold you around and say, yeah. it's going to be okay. I'll tell you what, also, if you've never done something like that before, people say, oh, this is how you do this and this is how you do that. But if you don't know that and you're finding your own way, yeah, you make mistakes. But actually, you create something amazing yes. because with your wine library, you didn't want it to just be a, a wine bar. You'd seen that all done and that was yeah. not what you wanted to create. So you've I think that's what we love the, yeah. the rule book, haven't you? Yeah. Completely evolved yes. over the past yeah. 18 months. 
We had no idea what it was going to look like. It was just going to be a like. shop to start off. It was just going to be a <laughs> yeah. shop. Yeah. And then we thought we added some coffee. And then because of Fitz's background in yeah. food, he said, well, let's do a little bit of food, but deli style. Or yeah. let's just have a deli. That was the idea, it was a deli. So that's why we call it wine shop, deli, bar. We still don't really know what to call uh, it. But that was, It's not anchored on anything, no. yet, even though we've been tagged as a restaurant <clears throat> or whatever. But when you look at the food offering, let's take how we serve our log. It comes in half pint and it jumps to two because everything to us is about sharing. The board's picking, grazing. You know when you're sitting down watching a film and you're picking and you're grazing and you add a little bit of conversation and you go back to the food and the chicken and grazing. And that's the atmosphere we want to give in there. And towards it's about giving back and it's giving back that piece of mind where someone's had a bad day and they can come yeah. in and air. They're not on the hustle and the bustle, they're crowding up at a bar. That's why it's seated service. And I know there's lots of places that have the same style of seated service. It's about bringing in that warmth and that's why our staff are so important. And they have to fit in with the team ethos of what we have. Because if they don't, it's not going to work. It's like yourself with your business. If you employ others, it has to fit in with yours, yeah, genre, your team. Otherwise, that one bad apple. Well, that's exactly it. Yeah. With franchising, you, are, you bring on board another franchisee, but you have to really think about that person because they're part of your network. And if there is a bad apple, it can have a huge effect on everybody's business, not mm. just theirs. Yeah. It's everybody. And it is really, really important. Definitely. I mean, it's the same with you, Paul. I mean, I've Googled mm. you. Oh, oh dear. So looking at the background that you've got and then running this type of operation with your partner and be gone for so long, you've had your ups and downs like everybody else. So yes, of giving value back is where people like us crave when you're on that dip or it's sometimes that pat on the back. And for instance, today, my first mentor in any form of business was a couple called Charles and Joseph in Pew. They're the people who started up multi-op furnishings. I was a private chef and chauffeur. And on my 50th birthday, I had a big surprise. Zoe took me to the Imperial Hotel in Torquay. I knew we were sitting there, it was them two. And I've not seen him for 30 years. So I was still that little child. I was 19 when I first met him. I had a few tears. He's this giant of a man. And again, they rang me today from Spain, where they got a place in Spain, just because they didn't realise I've opened this. And we my very first mentor and talking to him on the FaceTime. It's just them little things just made my day. And just to get, not approval, but a pat on the back, what you're doing is fantastic. And it all comes down to the relationship I'm with, with Zoe, because sometimes it is about, if you're on your own, it's great. But if you're as a couple, there needs to be mm. some work there. And I just think what we're doing as a couple is great. And it must be the same for yourself to go through all the pain. And Teamwork is extremely important. Yeah, and is. we are actually ignoring a member of our team here. This lovely glass of wine, yes. yeah. English sparkling <laughs> wine that you very kindly brought. Tell us a bit then, as we get into wine, what is this we're tasting right now? What should we be looking uh, out for? What you're going to get with this, it's got sort of crispness. And I always say this has not got the, the really tiny bubbles. They're just about medium-sized bubbles. So it will give you that roundedness. And it's also got a fresh sweetness at the end of it. It's great with shellfish. And the good thing is about this as well, because we're in this era of trends, it's vegan as well. Both the wines, what they make mm-hmm. are, are vegan. And there is a difference between what the class is as vegan wines. I have to point out your headphones are not vegan because that is actually, there's leather. <laughs> oh dear. Should, should have asked you about that first. Should I, you're not <laughs> vegan, are you? But I'm not I vegan. I need to ask our I'm... producer if we can have vegan headphones for the future, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so in terms oh, of the flavour, uh, it's very, very dry, isn't it? What I say about when it comes to wines, and this is the thing where we said before, and I just hate the snobbery and the bull around wines at the lardy dar and this because yeah. one it makes me uneasy even though i've been in the trade for a long time it's really about you as the customer but you as a guy who's bought that bottle and tasting it 
So this is when you look at our descriptions in Honky Tonk. I can't speak for anybody else. It's the descriptions of what our customers have said, right. not what Jilly Gould or a big wine person has said. Does that mean that somebody might not necessarily agree with the description? Well, no, because what we do get, it's because it's in layman's terms. It's not about the hills of the millennium drops and all that kind of nonsense, because yep, that yep. doesn't give nothing. It's really about your taste as an individual. And the one way I speak to customers is finding out their taste buds first so I can help them. And the best way to find out is find out how you drink your tea and coffee. Your tea and coffee will have that balance of tannins. Do you put sugar in it? Do you put milk in it? If you put milk in tea or sugar, you're suppressing the tannins. That means when you especially go into a red, you don't like too much of... So put it this way. If you're a a Pinot Noir fan, when we taste the next bad boy, this is going to scream to you in your teeth as well. By understanding how you drink your tea and your coffee, and you'll understand what type of wine is going to suit your palate as a person. So if you didn't have milk and sugar in your tea and you had normal English tea, we know you like tannins. The composition of tea has been of much debate in the studios this week because I like to have the bag left in. So Zoe and Lindsay, do you ever like to have the bag left in? Uh, yeah, builder's tea. I'm ignoring the quick there. Okay, no, no. Just... <laughs> this is a basic, basic question, yes. Builder's tea. Builder's tea. Make is that tea black. delivered by a builder? Or... <laughs> she she wished. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hello. No, I don't drink tea. I don't like tea. Yeah, okay, right. You're I not in this conversation then. But you like you like all things sparkling, though. I do. What I do love... you think of this? Yeah, I like it, actually. And I'm glad you said about the whole not having that posh description of it because I really am not good at that. But you know when you really bite into a really crisp Granny Smith apple? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I get from that. Yes. That's my description It's got that it. acidity in there. Yeah. But imagine having some shellfish with that mm. as well. Because yeah. sometimes wine, it needs food mm. or vice versa. Like this red, what we're going to have later on. I mean, this is going to kick you right between the eyes mm. because this needs food. But when you come to a nice sparkling, to me, a sparkling should be able to be drank on its own. You have mm. some sparkling where it does need food because there's a lot of maturity in it. This isn't one of them. No. This is everyday drinking, brilliant, more than average up the top because it's won a silver already. And that's down to our first silver, our first nomination for one. I think it was Camel Valley. Yes. And sorry, the French, but the French didn't like that. Or the ones who do the blind tasting, they didn't like that. One, because at last the UK was getting our act together of making quality wine. And we have got some big producers in this country. We've got some big producers in the southwest, haven't we, actually? Come to think of it. Camel Valley, based down in Cornwall. Mm-hmm. Got this you. one here, as you said, the Dalwoods up the road. From, and from you got, you got Sharpens as well. Yeah. Yeah. They're just knocking out of the park. They really are. And when you think about the latitude of where we are, if you look at Surrey, look at Colts and Sealy Wines in Hampshire, it's chalk. It's the same latitude, same. If you could draw a line to Champignon, you go straight through the chalk, going through the sea, coming through it. It's the same chalk. It's the same. If you want to call it the same type of weather, what we're getting and here. So some of the wines that you get from there, it's just on par with anything what you class as champagne. Same with this. How important are trends in business, would you say? We're drinking English sparkling wine. The trendy thing at the moment is Prosecco, isn't it? You go out mm. with your pals and say, oh, let's get a glass of Prosecco. <laughs> I mean, they might not necessarily be from up north. But <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea, have no idea where, that, where that accent came from. People latch on to certain things, don't they? Mm. When you're planning a business, do you need to look at trends? When you're stocking your wine, do you need to look at trends? I'm going to even throw it over to Lindsay. When you're moving forward with access for lofts, trends must have played a part in how you grew your business as well. Yeah, definitely. And there's a massive trend at the moment 
unless you're living under a rock. <laughs> you probably heard of Mrs. Hinch, the Instagram sensation. She basically cleans her house and declutters and everything else. And she is a proper influencer for all that sort of product. Social media is going nuts for it. And we are part of that trend. People are using their lofts a lot more now. People are not moving because it's quite expensive to do so. A bit of uncertainty in the market. And I think that we're definitely jumping on that bandwagon. If you look at our website, we've got all sorts of decluttering challenges and things like right. that going out because that's what people want at the moment. So, yeah, I'd say trends are really important. How do you decide what wine you're going to stock? Because you can't stock everything that suits everyone's taste or... Have you been able to do that? I would say we've got a good selection of wines. We Fitz's um, background, one. obviously, has helped put the initial wine list together. And then we have twice a year a wine committee. Mm-hmm. So that is our customers that are regulars that taste we last time we did was up to <laughs> here you go Lindsay you've always wanted to get yourself on a, on a different I like a committee <laughs> she loves a committee yeah do you want five hours of trying wine oh, non-stop awful. halfway through you might want a coffee <laughs> or chicken chasseur like we did last oh, nice. time our current wine list was chosen by our customers blind tasting given us their thoughts about the wine they were tasting obviously Fitz can tweak it a little bit things like do I say it right Pinot Grigio I know you see that goes back to what we're saying earlier about trends, because I remember, I mean, I don't know an awful lot about wine, but I know that Pinot Grigio was once an in thing, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Oh, I'll have a glass of Pinot yeah. Grigio, still, a glass of Pinot Grigio. Big. Yeah, still big. I think with that, though, I think people, if they don't know what to order, that's go kind of yeah. what they yeah. go yeah. for, yeah. because yeah. it's something and, they know. And that's where it comes in when if you go into a good establishment, they will ask and have time to have that conversation with you. I know when people come in, that they'll be safe and go for a Pinot Grigio, which is rare. But I know I'll put them onto something like Rioco Blanco. No oak, still that, fresh, 11.5%. It's great wine, but it gives a little bit more roundedness rather than Pinot Grigio. Now, if you stem back to when us Brits was drinking wine, don't forget the UK is the bastardised dump of the world because we wasn't very good at wine. If you remember... Country Manor and all them kinds of stuff yes. as a kid. Blue Nun. <laughs> and Blue yeah, Nun I was about and Blue Nun. Yeah. I remember Box. Blue Nun. Black Back, Tower. Black yeah. Tower. Yeah. Black Tower. Does anybody still buy Black oh. Tower? Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh. oh well, we won't get sponsorship from Black Tower. <laughs> well, you think about, as soon as the grape came out that we could pronounce Chardonnay, you remember in the 80s, they were naming kids after mm-hmm. Chardonnay. We, you speak we... for yourself. I'm calling my daughter Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> Only because so, Landro was so too you, long. You can understand that history with alcohol itself, unless it was beer. But now the generation, this is why you're talking about trends. This is when you look at some of the, the wineries across the world, whether it be French, Italian, whatever. That old guard, the ones who want Chateauneuf de Pap, even though Chateauneuf de Pap is still there, that old guard is either old or popping off. That's why when you see the guys who are taking over the winery, mm-hmm. it's daughter, it's son. She's getting trendy. She knows how to put the label on and make it really cool and funky. And all of a sudden, some of these old guard wines coming back again. Look at Van Policella. Now, Van Policella dropped. Then they put that little word there, Ripasso. The young ones love it. So it's starting to pull up again. Where's Ripasso from? Van Policella is Ripasso. It's Italian. When they use the Amarone grape... Making an Amarone, they yeah. dry some of the grapes so it's sun dried. And what they tend to do with that is put a little bit of that liquid in the Vampolicello itself. A lot of wines are blended, even though we say think it's Cabernet Sauvignon, mm-hmm. it's still blended. What I mean by that, it's blended from a different vineyard of Cabernet Sauvignon from different areas. Because if this were all room 
was a vineyard and you had the grapes of Og. Unfortunately, it's not. Yeah, it was. It's <laughs> a damn shame. <laughs> but if you think the grapes in that corner to the grapes in this corner will taste different. With that being a red wine, I assume. Yes. Kind of segues us into our next bottle that you've very kindly brought for us to taste, which <laughs> I think is a red wine. Yes, it's red. I can see that because it says red wine <laughs> on the back of what, it. What you're going to understand with this guy is in Orion Swift. Now, they started in 1998. It's from California. This is a Symphondale grape. What you're going to understand with this grape, it's 15.5%. So I'm sorry, I'm a girl that buys a bottle by what it looks like and it's sexy. It's a a sexy looking bottle. It's It's nice shape. The lady on it is. (laughs) (laughs) Describe to us what the bottle actually looks like because design plays a massive part, doesn't it? It does. Massively. I'm going to describe this. I'm going to get a word in edgeways. Have you noticed? I have, yes. This is pretty much how my life is. That's fine. We'll fix that in the mix. (laughs) Yeah, never mind. Anyway, so this bottle is it's heavy. It's wide. That scraping sound is really caressing it. Sorry. (laughs) With my ring. Later, later. Um, So the the label, Fitz will tell you a bit about the label, but on this one out of um, a box of six wine bottles, you'll get every single label will be different. This one has a very dark, heavy, wide, thick bottle with a big dip in the end. The actual label is like real 70s. She's got an American car, a lady of colour on there looking very gorgeous, big afro, and she's just like, she's owning it. She is owning the car and she's going to be lady, owning she? this wine. <laughs> she is somebody who you would admire, but also you wouldn't mess with. And the wine is if you just, what, deep, Just cherry, look at the colour, exactly. It's 15.5%. Those who like heavy Sorry, wines, how heavy? 15.5% ABV, alcohol by volume. Ooh. So if you just look at vegan this, steak this just never <laughs> vegan yeah. steak. Um, this, this little number, this is a heavy, actually yes. a physically That's heavy really bottle. Really physically heavy bottle. Yeah. And why, yeah. Orion Swift, they spent some time with Robert Mondavi. Now, yeah. those who are in wines will know who Robert Mondavi is. He's a god. And this guy spent some time with him as a labourer through the yeah. vineyards. And it's Orion Swift. It's a bit like the Orlando Bloom of the acting yeah. world. He knows what he's doing. He's funky. He's cool. He likes things like this. And it's just great. So off the shelf, anything between 48 to £65, depending where you are. If it's London, it's probably pushing £80, £70 in London. Wow. I'm doing that thing where you hold the wine up against lights because that's apparently what you do. I know so, you don't you like it, but that's what you can't see through it, can you? you? We have got that's really, like really bright studio lights mud. here. And you just look at the legs. If you swirl your mm. glass round... Explain what the legs are. Right. The, the, the legs are what the class is, the legs. When you swirl your glass, you'll see that dewdrop drum which comes round the glass and starts falling oh, yeah. down again. That is the alcohol. Look how it clings to this the glass. This is almost like syrup, isn't mm. it? But it, there's it's a little that. tip. If it doesn't do that, you've got a dirty glass. <laughs> but this is a wine, really, that you need some serious food. Unless you like your heavy wines, 15.5%. Wow. We haven't actually tasted this because really? we've saved this. This was given us as a gift yes, for Christmas. From one of our oh, wow. suppliers, which we are going to stock. Ooh. And I just love the brand. It's great, isn't it? To Paul, you've <laughs> just gone, really oh, great. That, yes. <laughs> Because I like things like Black Forest Gatto. Yes. Mm. It's the one that Black I made Paris, yes. two Christmases ago. That specific one, because <laughs> oh. I put a bit of spice where was into it, it. Where was the invite? These things happen, eh? I have to say, when you say spice, that's definitely tingled on the tongue, doesn't mm. it? It needs food for me. It's... We're neglecting our studio audience. What do you guys think? I bet you love that. Brilliant. Amazing. Yeah, Tim would love it. like it? Brilliant. There you go. Mm. We like our heavy reds. Could you drink this on its own? Because, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, hardcore. So this is something you're not stocking. Do you stock this kind of... No, we currently it, it is. It's coming in. It's, so this is an exclusive. The funny thing is, first year we opened, we've been open for 19 months. 
me and Zoe was fighting over who served this bloke because he was hot. <laughs> I like looking at male or female, and I give my stretch, and I say, hot, dud, or not. Yeah. And he came in, suit and booted, his shoes, they must have been Jeff West or whatever. They were Jeff West, the gorgeous shoes. I hope he gave them back <laughs> afterwards. Right. And he, he turns around and he says, um, mm, I don't know what I'm really looking for, but anything between 40 and 60 pound is fine. When we first opened, we did not sell a wine over £30 a bottle. Yeah. Because of the market, what everyone told us about to be scared about is that people in Plymouth don't appreciate that type of wine. So we thought, well, we could put this up to yeah. 60 quid, but we didn't do that. We just told them we gave them our best at the time. But now we carry them type of wines, not a lot. So this one we're definitely going to put on. But you pay for the experience of sitting down in your wine library and enjoying it in their surroundings yeah, yeah so no, that's, that's kind of almost what you're paying that extra for, that's I when honky tonk comes into yeah, it definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah i mean yeah. this this wine we've opened tonight this is definitely a wine where you need to come in early yeah like half six <laughs> yeah and leave at like when we kick you out <laughs> and we're moving up at 11 o'clock <laughs> this is a long wine when i first started in the wine trade I wanted the flashy words so I could pronounce Gewürz Stramina. And I used to go with my family and I said, and oh, when people say Merlot rather than Merlot. Yeah. I thought, yeah. So me being a pretentious twat sometimes, he yeah. used to come around and say, can you have that? <laughs> or Rijoka rather than Rijoka. <laughs> and we still get that now. It's, sometimes it's fun and because people understand it, they've been on holiday, whatever. But you got to understand with English, when you think about going back to what I said about in the 80s and 70s, 80s, 90s, we wasn't very good with our foreign languages. Now we're really good. There's lots mm. of people speak multiple languages and so forth. That is wine didn't sell well. But when the Australians came over in force and they named the grape, you've got to understand back in the 70s, 80s and 90s, the UK was dominated by French wine, at least 70% dominated yeah. mm. from sparkling wine to table wine then the aussies came oh my god they opened up a can of worms for the rest of what came over because it said the grape mm. the labels were funky we could pronounce it so the french and probably the italians refused to do that but now some of them do do that and you can see now we on the grape so when you think when you go to places this modern age 2020 when we go in Seven or eight out of ten times, you find people don't mention the brand, they mention mm. the grape. Mm. A Sauvignon Blanc, please. And if I turn around and says New Zealand or Chilean, you oh. go... Like yeah, New Zealand, yeah, they're, they're, 70%. A lot of them do go New Zealand, but those who are smart enough know there's a difference in price. Yes. Or mm. those who like Chilean will like Chilean. So they'll come in and ask mm. for Merle or Cabernet Sauvignon. And it's a bit like yourself when we first met you. We never had any oak chardonnay no. until you came in. I like a bit of wood, me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love oak chardonnay. Yeah, yeah. So I remember meeting you for the first time when you both came in. Oh, we know nothing about wine. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> By the end of the evening, you're telling myself a wine cellar and how you ship wine in. And I'm like, seriously, yeah, you know more about wine than I it. do. It's just make sure that nobody from customs and excise is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's not like right right big now. ships, small ships. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Has it been plain sailing for you guys? What is the biggest pitfall that you've encountered so far? I would say to start off with is that for me, forget the business side, it was our relationship. Yeah. When I separated from my previous wife, we was good enough to say what we should look at when we go forward. It means to, to talk more, wear my heart and my sleeve a little bit more when it comes to my relationship and my feelings. So the first thing that me and Zoe did when we got together is that we need to tell everything to each other. We need to speak, we need to talk, we need to do things and that and the other. 
or going into business sometimes you're so blinded by routine and doing things all the time you forget one thing you're doing this for a reason for your life for your journey for when you get to a certain point you can relax and enjoy yourselves so you've got a good steady income coming so you can go and do that and that's the thing sometimes in a partnership whether it be male, female, both of the doesn't matter what kind of partnership it is, you forget that partnership, that relationship prior. And sometimes now we're starting to get that will motion going back on track. We're still very much in love with each other, extreme love with each other. My life would not be the same without no. Zoe. But what I've got to understand <laughs> is that sometimes the pressure on that, that's first and foremost. So anyone who's going to look into business as a couple... You've got to be prepared for that. So we're very much aware of what's important in life. Yes. You know, and us as a couple comes first and then Honky Tonk comes behind that. And we always wanted to work together. We didn't know how we literally sleep, breathe, eat. We've only just stopped exercising together. Mm-hmm. Don't say word, Paul. Okay. Um, <laughs> we've decided to go to different gyms. That's the only thing we don't do together. And we get on surprisingly well. But you were about to say the roles we really what's found. It, what's it going? What's it going? Oh, he thinks so. I don't pronounce my R's. Right. Your R's. My R's. <laughs> <laughs> Our yeah. roles. I'm very much a behind-the-scenes girl. Mm-hmm. Hated being put in front. Like, this was a bit scary, I have to mm. say. I knew, it. and I knew. I am loving it. Business. And on the business side, I would say it's cash flow's king. That's the hardest thing, because when people walk past and they I can't get in there, they think, oh, I must be raking it mm. in. No, we're not yet, because we're still investing back. And then we still got to pay the bills from last month and previous and staff. And I always say this, when you go into business and you've got staff, you put yourself down the pecking list. I asked you a question <laughs> about pitfalls and business and you brought it back to the trials and tribulations of working together as a relationship. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's mm-hmm. Fitz and Zoe, Tim and Lindsay, you guys also work next to each other 24-7 and yep. expanding business same question to you. What pitfalls have you experienced yeah. and have you overcome that like these guys have? <laughs> it is a challenge. You're right. It does test you. It's very difficult to not talk business all the time. Mm. Yes. Because it's your baby. It's that. your thing. You know, even sort of sitting at home, if the WhatsApp message goes, we've got a WhatsApp group for our franchisees and you're immediately back into work yeah. mode and right. you've got to be really really strict with that and we, we are sort of trying with that at the weekends now and you have date nights and stuff like that we don't really have date nights but we're, we're really lucky now that our daughter we live a little bit out in the sticks so we don't have a bus route or anything like that so my daughter needed driving everywhere and she's now passed her test so Woo-hoo. she's off out she so can pay back can i just say Freedom. every night's a date <laughs> night because <laughs> she's never home <laughs> which is great but no it, it is tough and you do have to be quite strict with yes. yourselves and yes. say no we're gonna we take sort of long walks together we take the dog out we go onto the moors and we try and sort of get out and do things together that are not sure. business related and the biggest thing for us is we were working from home and now we have an office Mm-hmm. So we physically drive That's to great. work yes. and there is that uh, complete separation, which I love because I think when your office is in what was your dining room, yeah. you can go in there all times of day and night and you start again, you start working mm. again. So Especially when it comes to sexy time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you yeah. try not to do that during working no. hours, really, don't you? Or in the dining <laughs> room. No, no. They're surrounded by wine. A, a, a footnote there is anyone who's passing Honky Tonk Wine Library and they see the sign saying, back in five minutes, you know exactly what it means. i tell you what does make a difference as well. We were saying about friends, we obviously work together. 
Um, mm-hmm. You've done sort of work for us and having other couples yeah. that are in business together mm. and you can chat about your businesses. Not everybody gets it. Not everybody understands what it's like to run your own business. Like you say, people sort of walk past and think, oh, they must be raking it. And they have absolutely no idea mm-hmm. what's actually going on. I really value sort of our time with, with Paul and Gary. We sit around, we chat about business and come up with ideas and, you know, might have a bit of a business problem and we'll sort of, that's great. Work it out together, and it, and it is really so. That with wine, with yes. wine, yeah. Sorry, this is, is wine. This is wine. Conversation. Exactly. And this is the beauty. Of what I was saying to you before outside is that when you got a bottle of wine, poor, poor, sure, sure, and just let's sit down a little yeah. bit, and you can talk about things. Yeah. Just to close, and you've probably got, I would say, a minute each at maximum, all right? Looking at everything that you've experienced so far in starting a business, running a business, being an entrepreneur, or wine entrepreneur, as you may well be, <laughs> what's your top tip? Do it from the heart. Mm-hmm. Remember where you're going in your journey. And sometimes if you've got a gut feeling about something, you have to go for it. So many people are scared of failure. But failure is growth. If we fail at honky-tonk, I'm going to dust myself off and I'll start again. Failure and everything else, what people think of, if you've got an inkling of getting off your backside and going and doing something, just go and do it. Have a stab at it. Go for it. You never know. There's too many people who pass away and die with so many dreams knocking at that coffin door and saying, we could have done something. Mm-hmm. You know, just go for it. Good, good. Zoe? Mine's not on the business side as fits suspect. Mine is people that you walk past every day. One thing, meeting so many different people coming through the door is never, ever judge a book by its cover. Because mm. there are so many times when we've had a customer come in and you instantly, that first two, three seconds, judge them. And then we have the most amazing conversation and we both look at each other when they've left and like, wow, you would never have said that, would you? And the stories and the help that they can give you and the inspiration they can give you. And that's why we started another programme called An Audience With, because we've met some amazing people and everybody has a bad day. And if you get a grumpy customer, just say to them, you're right, a grumpy you're... customer, no? <laughs> Get out. <laughs> you might, Paul. Okay. <laughs> and Fitz might have done in the old mm. days. <laughs> Lindsay, from you. I totally agree with the trust your gut instinct, definitely. And I think that go into it with your heart, but really try to think of yourself exiting the business eventually. Mm. So put all those processes in place so that if you are not there, we had a personal experience not that long ago where Tim had to exit the business very quickly for a while due to ill health. And had we not done that background, had we not done that hard work, then well, things really would have gone. Do you gone. know that's a massive nugget? Yeah. It is. It, um, yeah, because when you go so, into business, you just think this is your life. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Which actually... But when not you're not goal. there, mm. it still needs to happen. I agree. Thank you. That's really good. And I would say see the fear, but do it anyway. Don't be scared about making mistakes. But do it with wine. And do it with wine, because that always helps. And uh, don't be scared to ask for help. Yes. And it might be from your friends. It might be from your actual colleagues or from relatives. But don't be scared to let your guard down every now and then Mm. and say, look, I've got a problem. I need to thrash this out. I need some help. Will you just be my sounding board tonight? And bring a bottle of wine with, with you. a bottle of wine, exactly. <laughs> um, but thank you very much. That has thank been you. our very first wine that makes conversation presented to you by Honky Tonk Wine Library in Plymouth. 
Fitz, once again, just remind us where we can find you if we need to pop in for a bit of a debrief. <laughs> We're in Sutton Harbour. So if you don't know where Sutton Harbour is in Plymouth, just head for the posh bolts in the centre. Marvellous. <laughs> <laughs> Opposite the Barbican. And don't forget for future programmes, if you have any questions that you'd like to pose to us, if there's something you want to know about wine, if you want to come in on a future programme, please do get in touch. And we look forward to talking to you next time. Cheers. Cheers. For more information, you can email info at honkytonkwinelibrary.com or search on Instagram for Honky Tonk Wines. Produced by Fresh Air Group. Visit freshairgroup.co.uk forward slash podcasts.